The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Kyle, your co-host here with Fantasy Beasts and Where to Find Them, just reaching out to you with a little bit of news before we get into our normal show. It's been a little bit pre-recorded, but Gary and I have been grinding in the tape lab as we speak. Uh, news from this week since we last spoke to you guys on Wednesday, the Indianapolis Colts have traded a 2021 third and a 2022 conditional second round pick can turn into a first for Carson Wentz, that's right, guys, the new starting quarterback for the Colts will be former Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz. I think myself, that's a great move. I think that it's going to open up the gates to let Carson Wentz be a top 10 quarterback in the league again. Uh, something Gary and I will probably touch on next Wednesday again, but wanted to get that out to you guys. A little bit more news for you. The Colts had inquired with the Vegas Raiders prior to pulling the trigger. About the availability of Derek Carr, the Eagles are planning to bring a competition for Jalen Hurts. The Raiders have re-signed defensive lineman David Irving. He's had a off-field issue riddled career. Uh, and Allen Robinson has stated the reason for his disgust with the Chicago Bears is that while him and his representation had reached out during last year's combine, that the Bears waited until the week before the season offering a low-money deal, taking him through the remainder of his career. Uh, looks like Allen Robinson will be leaving via free agency. Looks like we've got the quarterback carousel in full effect. And looks like the league is just starting to heat up. So until we have more news, we thank you guys for listening and enjoy this week's show. Welcome back again, guys. Happy Friday. Thank you for tuning in again. Hopefully you are hooked by now. Just about five episodes in. Um, I am your co-host of Fantasy Beasts and Where to Find Them. I am Kyle Ranney, and I'm joined, as always, by the incredible Mr. Gary Halt. <laughs> what am I in, the new Incredibles 3 movie? You are. Uh, you are Elastaman, maybe. Uh, there is a lot of part of me. There's a lot of me that is elastic, but... <laughs> uh, so welcome back again, guys. Uh, there's not a whole bunch of news. There might be some attached to the beginning of this episode. I honestly don't know what from now... Um, between time of recording and time of release, for all I know, maybe the Bills traded for Marv Levy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but if who's going to know? Who's no one's going to know? If they do know, we will tell you, so you will know. Um, so maybe you guys heard me prior to the episode coming in. Maybe you didn't. This week we're picking right back up where we uh, ended on Wednesday. We discussed. Eight different quarterback prospects. Oh, hiccups. You're being attacked. I am. Eight different quarterback prospects uh, from the 2021 draft class. Not as um, sexy of a position, but this week, this 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 
episode, we go with the tight ends. Yeah, I mean, and there's a couple guys in here that we're high on, and then it's kind of a very big drop-off in talent after the first couple guys that we like. Correct. Um, I think that four or five of these guys have the potential of being a top four round pick. And then I think the rest of these guys are going to be bit pieces that are hopeful, hoping and vying for rosters. Yeah, right. And they could end up being special teams guys. You never know. Who's going to know? They're going to know. Um, we're going to start off here. We touched on him a little bit last last episode. Uh, we touched on his quarterback. And we mentioned his receiver. And we aren't even that far yet. Uh, tight end out of Florida, Kyle Mr. Pitts. Mr. Kevin Mitts. No. Oh. I spelled his name wrong. You did. No. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Pitts, out of Florida. Might as well be coined as a receiver. He's 6'6". Six, six. He's electric. Electric. Um, it's electric. But uh, he's a guy that you could play at tight end or wide receiver, probably. You're going to probably see him more like a Jimmy Graham role. Probably going to be past getting a lot of routes ran for him. At Florida... They spread him all over the field. Yeah. They did line him out at at almost all the receiver positions. They they played him as a more traditional slot-style tight end. They kicked him off the line. They did ask him to block. Mm-hmm. And he is a feature in that offense. It's yes. not like, oh, no, he's making what he gets. It's, it's not like Trask throwing to X, Y, and Pitts. It's Trask looks for Pitts and the other two. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I touched on, though, he's 6'6", this year holding 43 catches for 770 yards and 12 touchdowns. Yeah, insane, especially for a college tight end. You don't see those numbers. Correct. Um, The nice thing that we did see, a little good, little bad, when he's not the, the number being called, he still has the ability to pull target with him and pull coverage. Yeah. However, when he gets downfield and knows the ball's not going to him, he's, he does get a little lazy. Yeah, he's lazy. Uh, we In uh, football terms, you call it a loaf. He likes to loaf a lot. Um, he knows the ball might be going to the other side. He doesn't like. He doesn't always sell his routes. He might just jog he, it off. He does. He runs good routes, but his he almost his rounds out his routes. Yes. Um, he doesn't necessarily run the, the cr- most crisp cuts. He he's not out of place as a blocker. No, at the next level, he's not really going to be asked to block. No, and um, he's and about an average blocker. He's not going to be kicking someone's ass. He gets in the way. He's a pest. We noticed that when he blocks, he's in the right place. He doesn't look goofy, but he he makes the blocks. And I mean, yes, he's been beat on a couple of them. Yeah, but he it wasn't without a fight on his end. He right. wasn't blown up. He wasn't blasted through. And. Where he made the block, it allowed the running back or receiver to... To get open and get further. Um, I will say, he makes wide receiver-style catches. He uses his strength and body to win the battles. He likes to get that big body catch. He climbs the ladder to go up and get it. He attacks the ball, and his catch radius is... ridiculous. Yes. You throw it at him, he's going to attempt to make the catch, and he's probably going to make the catch. Um, I mean, the closing speed when needed to, to get to the end zone was there and presently shown... This was against Ole Miss. Um, we also watched the South Carolina game. The biggest deal of this, and I pointed this one out to Gary, early and often, his numbers weren't huge, but he was beating on repetition first-round talent J.C. Hornet quarterback. Yeah, yeah. They were putting their number one corner on Pitts, and Pitts was still winning battles. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at one point, he he made him look goofy on a, on a back shoulder catch. And his... 
I think his biggest strength is he shields the defender from the ball. Yes, he he boxes out. We're going to use basketball terms there. He straight boxes out whoever's covering him to make sure that they're not getting around him to make a play on that ball. He's, he is going to be a quarterback's best friend. And, um, like, he's not the fastest guy. He doesn't beat people off the line, but he makes the catch with his body and he separates with his body. That's where he's got his strength. He's not going to be running a Tyreek Hill streak down the sideline and roasting somebody. He's going to be a guy like Gronk who's open and just going to murk somebody because he's big. Yes, and, and I like that you said like Gronk because there was one play in the Southern or in the South Carolina game that reminded me of Gronk as well. Um, he ran, it lined up to the right side of the line, threw a chip block, and, and kind of depleted the, the mm. linebacker coming in for the blitz. Yeah. Heads towards the right, makes a quick slant cut to the left, and is hit in stride to just waltz to the end zone. Yeah. And this was, okay, I'm going to set up and pull the block first, I'm going to drag cover, and then I'm going to beat him with my feet for a touchdown. Yeah, I, I, I have that play highlighted. I, I have it as sneaky and uh, kind of sneaks out from his blocks at times. Um, I don't know if there's anything else we really need to glow about on Pitts. No, he's the tight end Trevor Lawrence equivalent. Yes, he is the real deal. Anybody who hasn't seen tape yet, you want to go be wowed by that kind of guy? He's the equivalency of, of that. I think I called him what Jimmy Graham was when Jimmy Graham first bursted out. He's got the big body. He's not super speedy, but he's more than quick enough to keep up and, and make the plays. Right. I love me some Kyle Pitts. Yeah, he's going to be a very good tight end for years to come. Uh, now we get more of a, of a polarizing figure here. Yeah, the uh, the next guy we watched uh, out of Penn State was Pat Fryermuth. Fryermuth, Fryermuth, I don't know. It's Fryermuth. Um, God bless you. Does you in tight. So he definitely saw a dip in production this past year. Limited interaction. Penn State wasn't really a powerhouse or a winner. This year, he caught 23 passes, 310 yards, and a touchdown. The year prior, he had 43 pulls, 507 yards, and 7 touchdowns. They tended to use him differently from what we saw on tape as well. He was more of a blocker this year. Yeah, more of a blocker, and um, he didn't really benefit from good QB play. There was a lot of poor Overthrows QB mm-hmm. behind him. Uh, he runs a good route. Hospital yes. passes. He runs a good route. He is very, very steady-handed at that 10-yard area. You need a first down, and they throw to him. He was pulling in the passes. Um, He definitely doesn't have game-breaking speed. No, he's another guy that's going to use his body to get open. But that's the thing. He finds a way to get open. Um, He doesn't have that shield effect that Pitts does, where he shields the ball from the defender. But he makes the catches nice. He makes the catches when the the ball's there. Yeah, um, and that's the thing. Once the ball gets into his hand, he's going to continue to make the play. He fights yes. for the yardage. He he can he can rumble downfield. He's by far a better blocker than Pitts. He was an above average blocker. Yeah, a little bit better. But I think I think he's got more build to him. I don't think he like Pitts is bigger in height. But I think Fryermuth Fryermuth was was, more was stocky. big was stockier and he's an inch taller. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I personally still like him. I think that there's more that he could have done in a better Penn State system. Right, and what I liked about him is that he doesn't shy from being hit. He's he's not the main focus, but when he gets the ball um, and there's a, a cornerback or a linebacker beaming in on him, he he's going to lower his yeah, shoulder. He's going to lower his shoulder and try to 
try to put a punish in on that defender. Um, I will say the Ohio State game from 2019 we watched, he he was just barreling, barreling the shoulder down and running through guys. Yep. He's okay to switch to a defender. We saw that a few times. Penn State's quarterback play was inconsistent at best. Um, and he had a couple plays where the ball was just hung up there, mm-hmm. and he would turn into the cornerback to make sure that the pit, it wasn't an interception at the play. I need to see him with a little bit better of a quarterback. That's the thing. I agree with that, but I think that he has the ability to end up being a better player. I do know that he's going to have a learning curve. There was at least one play in the Nebraska game. Uh, he mind-lapsed and never even picked up the block he was supposed to, which actually forced a scoop and score against Penn State. And because he's big, he's probably going to be asked to block at the next level. It's not going to be like, oh, you're, you're a generational tight uh, like Kyle Pitts, we're just going to have you run a bunch of routes. He's going to need to be a, a um, t- a both type of guy. Go go out and run routes, and we're going to need you to block this defensive end on the goal line, or it's fourth and two, uh, make this cut block, whatever. He's going to need to do both of those things. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you, I, I like Fryermuth. I know that you're a little bit more down on him, but I think he's going to be able to show some stuff at the next level. And I wouldn't say down on him. I it's just need, say you like this next guy more. I do like this next guy more, but I need to see more um, from a quarterback because ultimately um, a guy's not going to get the ball if the quarterback doesn't throw it, you know? Absolutely. Uh, speaking of the next guy, a guy who I will openly admit I didn't know a whole bunch of prior, uh, out of Miami, we've got tight end Brevin Jordan. He is more of a average to below average size tight end at 6'3". Yeah, 6'3". Um, a, a lot of tight ends are... Right around the 6'4", 6'5", yeah. area. So he's a couple inches shorter than your average tight end. Um, his speed looks to be off the charts. Yeah, he's very quick. Um, and he, what I noticed is he, he's a good blocker on the perimeter. Um, yes. Miami likes to throw those little bubble screens and um, or whatever... Whatever the uh, offense they run there, there's a lot of times where the receiver's out there, and he's making plays uh, downfield as a blocker, um, freeing up the space for the the ball carrier. It it was pretty. I will say this, though, as well. He was very good at being able to be the guy to take the top off the defense. Yes. He has the speed to stretch the field up the gut. He can run that streak and pull the safety with him, and he can oftentimes beat that safety and, and just... There were a lot of passes we saw right down the gut, mm-hmm. right up the seam to him, just whoop, gone. Um, and his hands are a little inconsistent. Yeah, I was just about to say, he doesn't catch everything, but I think he's got a very high ceiling with how athletic he is. He's another guy like Pitts who got lined up all over that mm-hmm. all over that offense in Miami as well. Um, he doesn't shy away from contact. He's got great speed up the middle. He, against he's Florida State, too. yes, against Florida State, they got him involved early and often. They throw to him in the flats frequently, uh, Instead of that lowering his shoulder, he likes to make the cuts. And yes. he makes guys miss. Like, almost every time he gets the ball, um, you you see a lot of tight ends lower their shoulder. This guy is kind of like a... Well, so he will, and I noticed that in this game as well. He he will fight to push back to get to the sticks. Yes. But he's going to try to use the elusiveness before yep. he has to use physicality. Um, He doesn't have quite the catch radius of Friar Muth. Or pits. No, he's got to get the ball thrown to him. Or, and... in, a, or in a tighter vicinity. Um, but that doesn't mean he's not going to be good. Like I said, he can. He is a player, I think, at the next level as a pro. I almost want to call him Evan Ingram, yeah. at least rookie Evan Ingram. 
he's going to hold the ability to break open games right up the middle. Yeah, and I think he's just got a huge he's got a huge upside, and I'm excited about him. Uh, did we discuss his his age yet? No. I, oh, yeah. We not not on the show. But Anybody who's drafting this kid, he is only twenty. Yeah, That's so he's very young for a draft a eligible lot of player. Room, a lot of room to grow. Uh, this past season, 38 catches, 576 yards, and 7 touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> I think Brevin Jordan's a guy, especially if you were in dynasty leagues, that needs to be given a look. Uh, I know personally, my other league, where I've got a lot of draft capital in my rookie draft, I'm going to be looking at Brevin Jordan. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that you could probably grab in third or fourth round. For cheap. Well, no, so that league's actually auction. So oh, that okay. would be... If no one's keeping an eye on Brevin Jordan, and th- hopefully nobody's listening to me on, on air, um, Brevin Jordan for 20 bucks helps hopefully round out my team and be smart down the, down the line. Uh, around that same price tag, though, another guy that's probably going to be a third, fourth rounder, uh, a much bigger body, Hunter Long out of Boston College. Yeah, and uh, another one of those guys that suffers from poor QB play. Correct. Um, another big body. Uh, I noticed right away that he is very quick off the line of scrimmage. Yes, the first step he 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 pulls and he's initially got the the defenders backs backpedaling to try to catch up. I think he's going to surprise a lot of defenses with how quick he is off the. I line. don't know if you noticed it initially watching his tape, but I have a nice player comparison of who I thought of watching him. He was a better version of Scott Chandler. Yeah. He has that quick burst. He's got the very big bulky body. He has very long arms and a nice catch radius. Um, he's not a huge inline blocker. No, um, he they they use him as a pass blocker, and he's a little bit better of a pass blocker yes. than he was as a run blocker. But he also had very fluid cuts in and out of his motions. There, they also lined him up for his size all over the mm-hmm. offense at Boston College this year. He wasn't the feature. He was definitely suffering from bad quarterback decisions, and he doesn't make a lot of contested catches like you no. see out of Kyle Pitts. What I did notice as well, though, um, if he's not winning off the line with speed, he will get in a hand battle to separate with strength. Yeah, and I have right here um, against uh, North Carolina that um, he finishes and tries to get open. Yes. He's not going to just loaf around. He's going to try to battle with that defender and try to get open and make a play for the quarterback. One of those weird things we noticed, the further we get into uh, tight ends, Tape is less and less available. Yeah, it's tough. We were searching for a few of these guys. Are like, man, we need some of this tape um, to see him. Hunter Long, though, he's he's six five, yeah, so he's, he's, he's on the bigger side of, of a tight end, average size. Um, he pulled in fifty seven catches for six hundred and eighty five yards and five touchdowns this mm-hmm. past year, and I can see why. I mean, granted, it's not a great division there, but he's built like you'd want, and he's got a pretty strong first step. Yeah, for being somebody that's he's going nice. to be successful. That like that first step is going to be why he's going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as he has that, he's going to be just fine. Um, he might not be a uh, number one tight end right away, but I think once he gets his time, he can end up developing into a very solid piece for an offense. Outside of my comparison to Scott Chandler, um, just knowing roughly where he'll probably fall in the draft. Also reminds me very much of a Tyler Higby style player. Yeah, he's not going to be right on the scene as oh he's great. He doesn't wow you, but he's going to be a f- third, fourth round pick to and if given the right situation, can grow into a valuable piece down the line. Um, next tight end. I don't know if we can call him a tight end. Uh, he's a halfback. Tight end, yes, halfback, fullback type of gadget guy. Yes. But not 
but not the kind of gadget guy you would see like an Isaiah McKenzie. He's a he is what Charles Clay was. Charles Clay's breakout season in Miami. Um, he's going to line up as a fullback often. Yep. He is an elite, elite blocker. Yes. However, the reason he's tied on number five, he leaves a lot to be desired as a pass catcher. Yeah, not not really, uh, doesn't really do much in the passing game. Um, 2019 was probably his best year. He had 16 catches, but four of those went for touchdowns out of 183 yards. Last year, 19 catches, 218 yards, and zero touchdowns. He really, the tight end usage is not is not going to be much at all. No, he'll probably be lined up as a fullback, or he might get. He's going to get a lot of special teams. Yes, yeah, a lot of special teams reps. He might get a um, line up. It's fourth and inches or goal line. He might get lined up on the outside. Is like yes. A, Anybody who currently follows the Buffalo Bills that's listening, this is somebody who very much so reminds me of Reggie Gilliam. Yep, the current Bills quote-unquote fullback. He's going to be there mainly as your lead blocker, and he's an aggressive lead blocker. And a lot of offensive lines use guys that are called swing tackles. He's a swing tight end. Yes, yes. He can play tight end. He can go left to right. Um, he's go- it, when, The problem is he's one of those guys, when he comes on the field, you know it's a run play. Right, and if, like, let's say, uh, let's just use the Bills as a, an example here. We have our tight end room is Tyler Croft, um, Dawson Knox, Reggie Gilliam, and I'm, I think I'm missing one more. Tommy Sweeney. Lee, and Lee Smith. Lee Smith. So we have five guys. Uh, Gilliam and Lee Smith are our blocking guys. And Tyler Croft, Tyler Tommy Croft, Sweeney Tommy are your receiving yes. guys. So when Knox goes down and um, Croft goes down, you really don't see the blocking guys filling in the receiving roles. They kind of just, they'll use they'll use them more in the blocking game, but Basically, your tight ends are useless for that week because you don't have the uh, you don't have the guys going out for passes. So he's not going to be a guy that even probably fills in to go run out for passes. He's going to just be a blocker, a special teams guy, no matter what. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that's kind of all we this have to we're, say. We're talking on that. about Tommy Trumbull. Yeah, I think that's all we really have to say on Trumbull. I mean, he's 6'4", 248. He's a big enough body. Yeah, that's a big dude. He's going to do exactly what we said. He's he's gonna be a, a lead blocker and an aggressively good one. But that, he hurts people. It's kind of like the equivalency of drafting a kicker or a punter. Mm-hmm. You don't really see it happening until mm-hmm. round five at the earliest. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tommy Trumbull could be a very good pro. He's just not going to be a pro most people know. Right. He's going to be a guy that's getting you yards off the stat sheet. Kyle Juszczyk yeah. from, from the Niners. That's exactly what I'm kind of thinking. He's going to be more of a blocker first with the occasional punch and touchdown now and again. He, um, I can see him going undrafted for the fact that he's just a blocker, but at the same time, teams might say, hey, there's not many of these guys around, so maybe I'll grab him. I mean, it's one of those things I could see, honestly, a nice fit for him, mm-hmm. like Carolina. Could you imagine pairing someone like this with Christian McCaffrey yeah. and giving another lead blocker out there right. to get McCaffrey open more? It's anything to help the team win, and that's what Tommy Trumbull is going to be. Is he? I mean, I can see, I, I see him in a very run heavy offense. Yes, yeah, it's not going to be an offense that they're looking to get him involved passing wise. Ravens in the sixth. Yes, yes, the Ravens actually would be a great play of that. He would fit very well with with Baltimore. Get them another piece that can help block and run the way. To keep Lamar standing, I want to. I want to see him go to Cincy for Burrow, and give Burrow another blocker. Yeah, uh, tight end six on the list. 
Kenny Yeboa. I think it's Yeboa. Yeboa, um, Yeboy, I don't know. Yebo? Yebody. Yebo. Uh, Kenny Yebo from Ole Miss, 6'4", 240. Um, Apparently was a former wide receiver before he played tight end. Yes, and he missed a lot of, I believe, the Ole Miss season. His best season he had had was 27 receptions, 524 yards, and six touchdowns. He's a successful enough pass blocker. Yeah. He opened up the field, and he feasted against Alabama. Yeah, he did. Um, And I noticed he gets behind the defense. He's kind of sneaky. That's what it was. Okay, so he was a formal temple, temple transfer. Okay. He transferred to Ole Miss this past season, and he turned back the back half of the year. Mm-hmm. And he stepped back from the season and stopped playing. Oh, okay. To get healthy for the draft and to work on a, on a lingering injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, a lot of teams are concerned about his commitment issues after that. I think overall he'll be okay. But uh, I noticed that when he was playing, that he fights for the yards. Correct. Um, when he gets that pass, he's gonna make. He's gonna go and make the play as needed. I very much so liked everything he brought to the table, honestly. He's another guy that finds ways to get open as well. Yes. Um, he found a way to get open. He he has game-changing speed at the tight end position. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's because of that former wide receiver background. Yes. I think he's one of these guys, though, that you're going to look into. A, is he healthy? And that's going to be tougher to check this year, where you might get a Bryce Hall situation, I think it was, from, from the Jets. And he ends up sliding into a 6th, 7th round pick, and you get a steal there. Um, B, where do you think his head's at? Is he going to be staying on the field? Does he want to play? Is is he going to get injured and banged up and, and quit on the team? And it's one of those things that's tough because of this, obviously, this COVID stuff. You can't really see these guys and meet them in person and get a vibe. You're going to be Zoom calling or calling over the phone. And it's kind of easy to say, hey, I'm going to be fine. And you can't really tell because you're not really reading the person um, you're seeing him on the other side of the screen. So it's one of those things that you might be taking a gamble on this guy. Um, but as a player, if he plays the way that I think he could play, he could be a very solid piece, uh, tight end two, tight end three kind of guy. Yeah, um, I definitely think he's got the ability to be, if not a low-end starting tight end, Right. he's going to be what Gerald Everett was with the Rams. He's going to be able to produce, especially in a lesser limelight role, I think Yeboa has the ability to be a good player. Um, transfers. We're staying on transfers here. Um, this is where it's starting to get tougher for us. Yes, the film was there was scared. next to no film on this gentleman. Uh, Trey McKitty, I believe, came out of Florida State, transferred to Georgia. I think the only thing we were able to watch was the Senior Bowl. Yes. Um, Florida State in 19, he had 23 catches, 241 yards, and, a t- and zero touchdowns. Uh, this past year at Georgia... He had six catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. There's, there's there's, a very unproven commodity about him. He has the talent. He didn't really get a chance to show it in either team he played for. Right. We had limited stats and tape on him. He was utilized often at the Senior Bowl, and his hands looked very good there. Yeah, I, I noticed he made a couple athletic catches. Um, Using the body to box out yep. and, and make, the, make the catch. Which is good. You want that on a tight end. We talked about it with Kyle Pitts. Um, he's a good blocker, but not elite. I'd say he's got his the technique. Yes, was there. that's exactly what I wrote down. He's got good technique. He might not, he might need to be coached up a little bit, and that's fine. Um, we talked about his body. He changes his body to make the catches, and I noticed just from the f- couple 
plays we watched, he finds the soft zone in coverage. He yep. doesn't he I, doesn't get out of place. He tries to get open um, and sit in that little pocket. The pocket. Yeah, I had the same thing, honestly. He settles nicely into the soft areas in the zone where he's going to make sure that he's going to get basically the first down catch. Yep. Put him, put him between coverage, let the ball get out quick, and, and settle for what he takes. Um, tight end number eight we're going to discuss. Carrie Angeline out of North Carolina State. This is a guy who is 6'7", 250. Yeah. Um, the stats really jump off the paper with him. 2019, he had 25 catches, 379 yards, and five touchdowns. 2020, he had 27 catches, 412 yards, and six touchdowns. He has a penchant for finding the end zone. Does have a penchant for finding the end zone. But he's very slow off the line. Slow off the line, and for how big he is, he's he, very lazy as a blocker. He's an ugly blocker. There's not not a pretty thing, and I could see that equating to a lot of penalties at the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and with how big, 6'7", 250, your coach is going to say, hey, get your ass in there, you're blocking. Yeah, you're not Get in there and block. And, and maybe throw a rub block and get open deep. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a red zone package guy if he's on a roster. Um, he can make the play on the streak. Yeah. But I don't know how well that's going to equate not playing against NC State caliber right. opponents. He's going to have he's going to have to learn how to be aggressive. He can't just be a. He's not going to be a Kyle Pitts. Hey, we're going to throw you out for twenty passes a game. Correct. So yeah, Kerry Angeline. Um, I, I wrote in how to say the name correctly. Uh, Kerry Angeline, it's another talent we found some stats on. and Very meh. Uh, the last guy we really did, we, we had to find and bury some tape here. And this was a... It was kind of funny to watch, I would say. Yes. Uh, Tony Poljan out of Virginia. Two years ago, 2019, 33 catches, 496 yards, and four touchdowns. This past year with Virginia... 38 catches, 411 yards, and six touchdowns. He's not fluid. No, it's very. I hope he doesn't. I hope this doesn't get out and he doesn't listen to this because I don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't he, think it's going to hurt his feelings. He's six seven. I think he knows he looks like Gumby he, flailing his arms. It is weird. He runs very goofy. Um, it's just an awkward. I don't know. Like he just is awkward while running. Yes, uh, and it, and it progresses over to his blo- to his blocking. Um, he doesn't necessarily seek out blocks. He just kind of runs a straight line, and if someone's in front of him to block, he hits them. Yeah. Um, he was asked to line up all over the formation, though, for, for Virginia. Yeah, they, they had him do a lot. Um, but I, he's very average when he has the ball. He gets the ball, and that's it. There's no fight for yards. It's no, I'm going to get Ball caught to the ground. Yeah, and I mean, I think he was, what, 6'6 six, six as well? 6'7. 6'7, six, six, seven. Seven. So six, seven, 265. Another big dude who should be learning how to block. Um He's gonna have to get coached up. I don't know if you can coach the awkwardness away. Um, it's it's weird. He's athletic, but very unathletically athletic. If that makes sense, correct. And you know what I'm talking about. Yes, because we've talked about stuff like that before. We have friends that are like this. Yeah. Um, I literally wrote in my notes, kind of goofy looking. And yes, and it wasn't his actual look. It was the way that he moves and performs and, and kicks his body around. The guy has the ability to kind of make the play, but. You also might have the receiver just laughing at him as he's fumbling and rumbling downfield yeah. because it's not pretty. He's gonna have to. You're gonna have to learn how to block, man. Um, I so that was like the depth of where we really went with tight ends here. We did have a couple more. We did some homework on. Uh, Matt Bushman's a guy out of BYU. Missed the entire season with a blown Achilles. Couldn't find really any tape at all on him. But he did haul in 688 yards and four touchdowns in 2019. 
Um, he was a target early and often, and that was before Zach Zach Wilson really came over as the guy. Mm-hmm. That might have been even more of a reason for Zach Wilson to be a big pl- big player with him healthy this year. And then we also a uh, guy out of SMU, Kylan Granson. This past year, 35 catches, 536 yards, and five touchdowns. Last year in SMU, school of Mr. Cole Beasley, uh, 43 catches, 721 yards, and nine touchdowns. Yeah, that's very good So he's got production. Uh, SMU's not really a powerhouse. No, but it's still a D1 college, so. Yeah, um, but without any further ado, Gary, do you want to give us your top eight tight ends? Yeah, so. Top um, nine? It's not crazy. It's like nothing out the woodworks here. Um, I think you could probably guess who we have just by who, the way we talked. But I'll uh, start off with, obviously, Kyle Pitts out of Florida. A very solid tight end. He's going to be special at the next level. Um, and I'll explain my number two. Um, every, a lot of people have Freermuth at the number two. But I have Brevin Jordan out of Miami. His tape wowed me. Um, he's just very athletic. And I think he's going to be solid at the next level. Um, with the right scheme, he could end up being he could end up having a ton of yards, a ton of catches. Um, but I'm very excited to see him uh, get drafted and where he goes. Uh, and then I have Freermuth out of Penn State at three. Um, it could be one of those type of situations where it's two A, two B. The only reason I have Freermuth at three is because of the poor quarterback play, and I just wanted to see more from him. Uh, they say he's the next Gronk. They call him Baby Gronk. I guess I don't know. I don't know if yep. that's a legit. That's thing. that's what they call him. But I need him to show me more before I can say, "Yep, yeah, that's the next big thing." Um, I have Hunter Long at number four at a Boston College. Um, another thing, uh, very athletic, catches the ball, but I he also suffers from poor quarterback play. So um, obviously, I want to see more from him as well. Uh, Kenny Yaboa out of Ole Miss, uh, another guy at my five spot. Um, only reason I have him there is because he's got the athletic ability, and um, I think I'm putting him over Tommy Trumbull, who is my number six, because Tommy Trumbull is a blocking guy um, who's not going to get drafted high for the fact that he's a blocker. He's not a he's not a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, traditional tight end. He's a Correct. blocking tight end. Um, that's why I have uh, Yaboa at. Uh, five and then tremble at six then my seven is mckitty there wasn't enough film on him and the senior bowl was the only thing that we had so um so i have him at seven but i liked what i saw out of him he's athletic he gets behind the defense sits in that soft zone and then carrie angeline i have at my eight um just didn't really impress me uh as, as a big dude but needs to learn how to block and then the the guy um big goofy gumby i have it Number Big nine, Goofy Gumby. Uh, Tony Polzin, um, Polzin or Polzin. Um, yeah, it just very, very raw talent. I just want to see more. He needs to block better, um, and maybe somehow get coach un, get coached up a little bit. I think that's what he's needing. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not too far off on your list here. Uh, number one, uh, in full agreement here. I mean, I think we're clawing and scratching at this position after the first. Four. Yeah, um, the first four are really going to be what's what's needed here. I think anything from five on is going to be a long shot to be a really stud in this league. Mm. Uh, Kyle Pitts is my number one. I have Pat Fryermuth at number two. 
I still think his upside and lack of usage in Penn State is going to be something that, that benefits him well at yeah, the pro level. he might end up being another, um, like a top guy. Yeah. You never know. Uh, I have Brevin Jordan 3. It's something against Brevin Jordan. I really, really am high on what Fryermuth brings. Uh, I think Brevin Jordan, I, th- I think those three are going to be guys, give it three or four years, that you talk about in the top seven picks in a fantasy draft for tight end. Mm-hmm. All three of those guys in the top seven. Um, I've got Hunter Long at four. I think I like what he's what he's capable of. I think it could take a little bit longer for him to be a fantasy asset. Right. Number five, I have uh, Kenny Yaboa. I really think the upside's there. He was a receiver. He he shows the ability to find the ball. I put Trey McKitty at six. Another guy, I don't know if there was enough really out there to get the homework on him. I actually removed Kerry Angeline, or Angeline and Tony Poljan completely from my top. Uh, I put Matt Bushman at seven. I think Bushman's ability to make plays with BYU and the fact that there wasn't much tape and the fact that he was doable with with the with his stats last year. I think if he comes back healthy, he can be an asset somewhere. And I'm going to put Tommy Trumbull at eight. There's almost a guarantee he will be drafted, I think, whether it be a sixth or seventh round pick. But I really like what he brings. Um, and that's about it, man. Um, two positions down, uh, two full positions to go next week. We delve into running backs. Yeah, we probably got another ten hours of film to watch. Oh, or or more. Probably more. Yeah, we got twenty running backs or something. We got twenty to twenty five running backs. Um, we're gonna try to do as much as we can film tape wise. See how they are. Try to diagnose if any of them Trent Richardson run into the back of their own teammates. Um, I heard Ham Chancellor is gonna be Ham Chancellor is an elite running back. <laughs> um, but no, so we're gonna be able to start knocking on that. This is where bread and butter's made, guys. This is where fantasy drafts get won. This is where you can dictate and pull your own f- wins. We're hoping that what we're bringing to you guys is enough eye opener. Yeah, you know, hopefully it's valuable and um, you know entertaining to, still. Yeah, you don't have to listen and say, "Oh, these guys are geniuses," but at least say, "Oh, I think." I understand where they're coming from. And you know what? At the same time, if if you guys did some tape research and you find something against what we're saying, reach out to us. I mean, tell us we're wrong. They could say, you could even go, hey, Kyle Pitts sucks, and I think that Tony Polzin is going to be the next guy. You know what I we're mean? We're open to hear it. We aren't, we aren't the end-all, be-all. We aren't God. We're two guys who are learning and doing a pretty damn good job, I'd like to think, and ready to learn more. Gary, got anything else you want to say to end this episode? Yeah, I mean, um, it's going to be another long week for us. We're going to be diving in some more film, um, and we're going to be putting some more energy into this. And it's one of those things we talked about. It's the dog days of the NFL. But really, um, if you're a fantasy player, like like the way we are, it's a this 365. Is you, this is where you set up a slingshot. I mean, we're sitting here in our Dynasty League making trades and, and on February 13th. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like it's fun. It keeps things, keeps you on your toes, you know. Alrighty, guys. I'll end it off on this one. Uh, we thank you again for listening. We thank you for a third full week now, coming up on week four of uh, the Fantasy Beasts and Weird Fun podcast. And anything you guys want to mention, talk, please go ahead and find us, follow us. Uh, click that like subscribe button on Apple 
Podcast, Spotify, the BICBP Radio Network, or on our Facebook page, Fantasy Beasts Football Pod, Twitter, Fantasy Beasts FB. Um, we stay up to date with pretty much all. Yeah, the news. we're we're pretty on top of the news, and we'd love to discuss stuff with you guys. Even so, though every time there's a news break, I'm without my phone. I'm I'm usually covering it. We're good. So until next time, though, guys, you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts. It will tell you exactly where to find them.